Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. I'm Jake. Good morning, Jake. Good morning, Jeff. You're tired. I am very tired. Tired, so tired that I texted you and I was like, hey, uh, you on your way? Do you work at 11? <laughs> <laughs> were you, um, were you uh, not wanting to record this morning? No, I just was like, if you can come at like 10, that would be awesome. Oh. Because I told my work, I was like, dude, I'm not coming into like one today. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I freaking, um, I've been working till like 11 or 12 at night so with 11, 12 hour days and oh my God. I'm just exhausted. Yeah, that's, that is brutal. That's, I'm sorry. I would have come over it's later. It's all good. I was already running around this morning. Yeah, way too early running errands. Yeah, I had to go and get my oil changed. Tell so. me you get a deal because why else would you go to the dealership? Uh, I do. I, okay. get it for, I get it for free. Oh, perfect. So, okay. Yeah, that's why I go there. Yeah, that's absolutely. It seems like a, it's a long drive to go all the way over to 122nd and Halsey, which oh, from where gosh. I'm at, that's like a you know almost a half hour drive, but it's free, so I will do that. Yeah. And it was easy because I could just jump back on 205 and then come right here. That's true. So You went to 122nd and Halsey? Mm-hmm. That's my, my parents live on that street. Really? Right there. I think you've told me that. Yeah. Yeah. You told yeah. me about that that story where you got decked by a was that you or your brother that got hit by the mail mailbox? Oh, that was on 122nd in like Division and Powell. Oh, okay. That's where I grew up is in on Division and Powell. But now she lives right there. Mm. You see all those homeless people right there? Yeah. Whoa, dude. Whoa. They're all over Portland. It's man. crazy. I was talking about this with someone the other day. It's crazy how you don't see that over here. Mm-hmm. Why? I think different ordinances. Different, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, the the they they seem to. Well, I sh- I say they like I'm almost dehumanizing them in a way. It seems like the homeless population really congregates around uh, the bottle drops, and since um, city of Portland, good has, call. That's has, an interesting uh, point. Yeah, has those bot has a bottle drop thing, and you have to be like a Portland. It's Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. No, Oregon does it. So I think that's probably one of the major reasons why. And they have like part of like the, there has to be one in, in like they have to be within uh, a certain proximity of each other. They can't. Uh, so they, oh. so there, there has to be so many of them because they, that's interesting. This the Delta park uh, center where I work mm-hmm. kept trying to evict the bottle drop because of all of the homeless population that has moved into it and it's right. you know hurting businesses and stuff like that and uh but they can't because this the city requires it to be there and interesting since, and if it moved it would be too far from any of the other surrounding mm-hmm. ones so it has to like it's mandated that it has, has to, to be, be in there. delta park so weird See, that's why I ask you. You know weird things like that. Yeah, I do know weird th- <laughs> lots of weird things. Uh dude. Dude I had a uh, dinner at the Jokums. You did, yeah. I did. Yeah, that's um. Well, you you tell me how the night went. You tell me how the night <laughs> went. <laughs> I I thought it was good. I mean, I came. I didn't get there until late. I had a hectic. You, I don't. I feel bad even complaining about work because you've been working twelve hour days. But yeah. work has just been insane. Yeah, uh, for us, just because it's everybody has taken up fishing under covid so yeah. we're just always busy that's annoying it's um, only annoying because everyone's like biking now too mm-hmm. so i can't get my bike repaired because the parts are out yeah everybody's out of everything yeah i don't sucks. know like apparently our economy is bad but yet people are have all this dis- this uh disposable, disposable income cash, yeah. just, just dump on all sorts of new recreational activities yeah i wish i had all that disposable cash me too. Where's that? <laughs> Speaking of such, um, 
the con- Congress can't figure out what to do with anything. So yeah. Yeah. we're probably not getting stimulus checks again. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? How was uh, dinner? Oh, at dinner at the Jokums. Yeah, let's get back on topic. I thought it. I mean, I thought it was went as well as it could have. We didn't. <laughs> we were able to stay off of. Anything controversial until the end. Yeah. Which I thought was a win. Yes. Um, that was intentional. That was intentional. There was multiple times when I was like, oh, I'm going to steer the conversation. Not even just, you, but me too. Yeah. I was just like, like we're going to steer this away. Just because just in the off chance, it might end up going, leading to right. something that was going to cause right. um, a heated discussion or just not even necessarily a heated discussion, just politics in general. Yeah. We didn't want to talk about it. Well, um, for those who don't know, because you do know, uh, you, your dad and I have engaged in some, usually daily, it's been a while though since we've chatted, political talk over Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, we send each other information. Um, he is, he views things on the opposite end of the political spectrum than I do. So we kind of talk about things um, and it's it's civil. It's pretty civil. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen the conversations. It the gives me part. it gives me insight into you know my oppositions, the way my opposition operates, and way that the way that they think. And mm-hmm. It helps me give insight into like maybe what other Americans might be thinking or desiring, and 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 um, I I don't know. I try I try to take that into consideration, unless it's like ridiculous shit. Not saying that he's saying ridiculous shit, but mm-hmm. I, there's other people that I know that are very opposite of me and. I try to listen to what they say because maybe, you know, their needs need to be met, too, unless it's like, hey, uh, let's build a wall and murder all the Mexicans or whatever it might be. Yeah. So it's been great talking to your dad and getting some insight. And he was like, hey, you should come over for dinner sometime. And I was like, dude, I would love to because I wanted to try duck and goose. Mm -hmm. And I've been wanting to do this. Try that food. Try to eat those since I met you because that's what you hunt. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was like, all right, let's figure it out. And then you kind of arranged this blind date well i knew that if i didn't set it up it wasn't going to get probably wasn't going to get set up well did he come to you and was like hey get jeff over here well kind of he was like hey i invited jeff and jen over for dinner sometime and i'm like anytime anytime plans end in like sometime sometime it never ends up happening so i'm like well let's do it this saturday look at you so yeah i don't know i want (laughs) i wanted it to happen one because i like hanging out with you and jen and I just and I know you've always wanted to have duck, and I'm not going to be the one to cook it. Cause yeah, I'm awful at cooking. Um, partly because my dad never let me use the oven growing up as a kid, so he still I, doesn't. Barely, <laughs> it, it, it drives him nuts when I try cooking. But I have started to cook myself, and I'm I'm That's actually not, for the things that I do cook, I'm not bad at it. Okay. I mean, the only person who's eaten it is Kylie, and she's has given me good reviews, so I'll take that as a win. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the um, what was I going to say? I just why did I just clap? That was random. The uh, <laughs> you were setting up the dinner. Yeah, so I set up the dinner, and you guys came over, and I was really excited. I um, and I was glad that you guys were able to come in uh, experience duck and goose. So you, yeah, you tell me what you thought of the food. Okay, uh, jalapeno peppers, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's proud of those. Yeah, they're he good. Makes them all the time. They're good. Mm-hmm. I liked them because he smoked them, yeah. which I've never had before. Yeah, and everyone was like, "These are hot." I'm like, "White people." Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I don't eat jalapeno. They peppers, were good. So. Uh, the fries were awesome. Um, the duck and goose were awesome. 
You, okay, you really do I, believe that? Yes, you keep right. asking me. If I, I just really don't believe it because way. I've eaten it my whole life, and I'm like meh about it. Like it is what it I is. I liked it. Did you? There, okay. okay, so like Jen was like, "Dude, I'm probably not gonna like this," and I said, "Don't tell them. Like they don't. They won't care." No, trust me. You're not. She's not the first, nor will she be the last person to eat duck in our presence, and yeah. have said they didn't like it. Yeah, so, I was try, like, it's not. Let, a, you know, she's like, "I don't want to be rude." I'm like, "It's not rude, dude." They know it's like not. It's an acquired taste, or it needs to be cooked a magical way. Yeah, through a huge process. So if you don't like it, it's fine. So not offended in the slightest because I don't even. She like did it. not like it. Yeah, I could tell, um, and that's totally fine. Yeah, because. Jake, I, I ate so much of it. Obviously, I enjoyed it. I didn't like. I mean, I don't like it. Jenny, one bite and was like, "Nah, I'm good." Nope, done. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I liked it, and and but so, Jen was a trooper for trying it because not only did she tried it once, she did try it again, which is a lot. The, she tried the duck, and then she tried the goose. Okay, because as a as a picky eater, and I'm not. I don't know if Jen is or not, mm-hmm. but I know that I am. And if I get one bad taste of something the first time. <laughs> done like i you will not get me to try it again and the fact that she was able to in the same sitting basically eat the same thing for <laughs> the second impressed. for the second time like that's a baller move yeah so yeah i give her credit for she that she didn't used to be like that we've we've worked her towards adventure bites <laughs> okay so you know i'm not sure if he wanted me to come over to talk politics or just to come over and visit either way I wasn't going to talk about politics. Um, and thank you. Yeah, because it's a chance for me. I've, I've been around your parents before. They went to the KXRW thing. Mm-hmm. We kind of ate dinner together there. Yeah. Um, there wasn't too much talking. I'm kind of quiet in those settings anyways. Mm-hmm. Dude, Jen and your dad were best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great because, you know, they're, they're talking it up mm-hmm. and chatting it up. Um, but then I'm just going to touch on this a, a little bit. But then towards the end. Your mom and dad kind of got in a debate while we're in the kitchen talking about like photography and mm-hmm. stuff. And Jen was kind of like eavesdropping and and she's like, I got to jump in on this. <laughs> and she jumps in and like just totally like is on your mom's side of the argument and just watching the two of them argue and debate with your dad. It was just so I it, I don't know. It was like it was a fun it's a fun memory for me, mm-hmm. and a fun moment because yeah. like He's trying, but these two women are like, no, no. And, oh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> it was good. It was funny. Um, it was, he just, he, I love my dad. He just, he's not going to admit when he's wrong. So. <laughs> well, and then they look at us and they look at me and Jen's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, because we're talking about, you know, gender roles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I think that, you know, I think that you women make a great point. But have you considered the burden we bear of running the world? Like, do you know how hard that is? That was the perfect answer, just to keep it light. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I loved uh, Duck and Goose. Um, I, there were some gamey pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, gamey, gamey, right? That term gamey, mm-hmm. does it taste gamey? That is something like, so, oh, here's another thing nobody knows. I went and got tested for COVID a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I didn't have it, but they kept asking me, like, do you, because I wasn't feeling well. My lymph nodes were mm-hmm. swollen. And so they're like, we're going to test you. And I was like, cool. Um, didn't have it. But they were like, are you, are you, do you have a shortness of breath? I'm like, dude, 
I'm fat as hell. I have a shortness of breath if I get out of bed. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm shortness of breath. No, but in all seriousness, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if I had COVID and I had the shortness of breath, I would know what that meant. Yeah. But over, otherwise, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. In the same sense, gamey. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, to me, I taste things and I don't think, this tastes gamey. Like, Mm, it, I see uh, what you mean. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So your dad was like kind of describing it to Jen, and he was like, oh, it could have been a diver. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? He's like, yeah, the birds, they dive down and they eat like, is it algae? No, they they what generally they eat small like small fish or oh, clams, okay. like freshwater clams. Opposed to what? Opposed to aquatic plants. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Weird. So there's two different, like, well, there's three different, like, Ducks are split into three categories in terms right. of how they primarily feed. And you have what they call puddler ducks, which are like surface feeders or like feed in small ponds. And that's those ones you'll see like their butts go up and mm-hmm. they, they'll pull, they'll get grass seedlings off the bottom of the, off the bottom of shallow ponds or, or whatever. Right. Divers, which will, their bodies will completely go under and they just go get, they go get fish or small invert, like oh, that's invertebrates cool. and stuff like that. And then there's uh, sea ducks, which kind of eat the same thing, but they just primarily live well on the in the oceans oh, okay. and stuff like that. So. so what is their taste, do you think? Well, divers, because of what they eat, generally will taste more, um, well, gamey, which is like, well, how do you how do you describe that? It's mm. kind of like a... I don't even know. I do. It's I know of, how. Okay, all right. You, all right, you describe <clears throat> so it. So you said gamey, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just sitting here quiet like, I don't know what the hell these people are talking about. Gamey. What does that mm-hmm. even mean? But then I ate a piece. What do ge- geese eat? Is it the same mostly range? Ge- no, geese will mostly feed. They feed general. Primarily geese will, f- if, they f- if they're on the water, they'll f- they'll eat kind of like what uh, puddle ducks will do. They'll eat the same, th- the surface, like uh, surface uh, plants like millet, millifoil, stuff like that. But then if they are... They generally primarily feed in fields, in dry fields. Yes. So they're eating grass shoots or like this time of year, like the big the big golf course geese are feeding on freshly cut, uh, freshly harvested wheat and corn. Huh. And then if you're shooting them this time of year, they're really, really good. Like the birds, like we'll hunt, I'll, I'll be hunting next month mm-hmm. in September. They're, they're, they're basically, they're eating out of freshly uh, harvested corn fields and you could take you could take the breast meat from those birds and not even season it, put it right on like and 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 cook it like uh-huh. that and it's gonna taste good. What? Yeah. Like that's the best stuff to eat. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. See, I'm trying to have some of that too. Yeah. Anyways, so when I ate a piece and I was like, Is this gamey? Like in my head, mm-hmm. it tasted almost like I said sushi. Like there was Kinda like raw. a fish taste. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Cause it's got like the texture of like a, I don't know, like a steak or like an elk mm-hmm. or something, but it tastes like fish. Yeah, a little bit, like a little hint of like, like sea. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. That Maybe that's like, gamey. I don't of, know. It's kind of muddy. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, game gamey taste is it's unique. Um, it's a unique taste, and if you've tasted it, you know what it is. If you haven't, then you, yeah. you just don't. So I kind of like that ru- that Russian roulette. Is that offensive? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows anymore? Um, but of like, 
getting a piece and being like, all right, is this going to be gamey? No, okay, this is not gamey. Is this going to be gamey? Oh, that's a little gamey. Is this going to be gamey? Oh, that's gamey. Because there was one piece that I ate, and I was like, I hope I don't get another piece that tastes like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it can be hit or miss. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it was fun. It was cool seeing their new house. Um, and Jen and your dad hit it off because she works for the government and mm-hmm. he works with the government with the work he does. And so they were kind of mm-hmm. talking about similar people that they know and yeah. stuff. And it's funny. It was awesome. It was a good time. Good. I'm glad you guys. Dinner at the Jokes and Jokums. If you have the ever have the opportunity, do it. <laughs> Jenner at the Jacobs. The Jacobs. Yeah, they my dad's my dad's a good barbecuer. He um, is. He takes a lot of pride in that. He has his whole barbecue station set up in the in He's got everything there, dude. He he is set. He just finished up his shed. So, he's got a lot going on. He's got a he shed. He does have his he shed. <laughs> yeah. Uh this is kind of my he shed, but it's my he garage. Mhm. I like I like the setup. Working on it a little bit at a time. You gotta get some more stuff up. I got some shelves I gotta put up, and then put some other things up. Mm-hmm. And skateboarding posters. And I think that Kylie has that exact same bookshelf. Oh, I'm sure. Actually, I'm pretty positive. That's IKEA? IKEA. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah! I represent. Hey, you did a live with Donna Sinclair the other day. I did. I did do that. And you did awesome. Really. I'm podcast over. See you guys next week. <laughs> I have to kidding. validate everything I say to Jake. Did you like the goose? Yeah, I did. Really? Hey, Jake, you did awesome. Really? I know. Sorry. And you I know just... who you're talking to. I say what I mean. I know. I know. I need to stop doing that. It's just <laughs> you're your wor- I'm my own worst critic. Yeah, but we are team Jake here. Yeah, which, say me, what which, you mean. which makes me think that you're biased. Like, no. What did I say about it? You said I crushed it. And what did I say? How so? I can't remember. You were honest and transparent. I Mm. gave you two qualifiers that were very true, Mm -hmm. which must mean that I'm, although biased, clearly judging it. Dude, if you were were like saying like ridiculous things, I'd be like, what are you talking about, dude? (laughs) You don't feel or think that way. Mm -hmm. Would I not? Yeah, you probably yeah, yeah, I would. You would. I definitely yeah, would. You would. I, or I would say it on the game chat, like with everybody else, mm-hmm. and be like, "Hey, you should have heard Jake the other day. Idiot was saying all this stuff. He didn't even mean it." That's how I would tell you. Yeah. Or you would wait until the podcast and call me out right here. That's true. Yeah, I would do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So I had a lot of fun. I was. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be on. When's your day? Never. Never. I don't know why, dude. After watching you and Matt, there's no way I can go on. Stop. I'm. I'm dead serious. I genuinely feel that way. Okay, well, and she's probably listening. Like, oh gosh, okay. Like, I want to, like, I want to say get over it, but like, that's not something you like say to somebody. Like, <laughs> because get over it. No, because you can say that, dude. You guys like no, because I'm not gonna say get over it because it's like saying like you f- you feel this way and it's valid. But I want to like, just okay. But Jen, I wanna... Jen said this. You're so well spoken, mm-hmm. and you are. And Matt like was so well spoken, and I get on there and I'm like. A grunt, dude. I'm just like, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I've seen you do presentations and you're not like that. I at started all. through those. You do a podcast every single day. Yeah, but I'm not week. well spoken every single day. Yeah, every, <laughs> every single day. Every single day. Uh, every week. Once a week, you get on here and you are very well spoken. I'm the one that stutters all the time. It's like, no, the, the moments that you think I'm well spoken, I'm 
certain. Like there was a moment you or during the uh, mm-hmm. to the Republic, you're like, man, you made a really good point. Where I was like, I was like, oh wow. I don't know what point you're talking about, but in those moments, I'm pretty sure I just kind of black out, and then I wake up and I'm and then you're talking and then you're, I don't even remember the point I made. Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Well, you made really good points on the last Thank you. To the Republic. So, so you went live with Donna. Super great. Yeah. And you need to go on. We'll see. Please. I want to watch you. <sighs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just, I, you have a lot of important things to say, especially you're, you're all three of us, you, Matt and I, yeah. all have very, very, very important things to say and how, like, our past experiences influence our political thinking. And I, I think you would, that's such a perfect platform for you to be able to share like your story and your experiences and your, and your viewpoints. Do like, you want one critique? What? Do you want one critique? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I don't, it's I not a critique. I don't, I don't make eye contact. What? With who? With the camera? Well, I'm always looking. To, I will. I walk, I watch back and I'm like, I look down a lot. Were you, did you have notes? Yeah, but Mike, they're actually over here. Oh, they I thought they were. Well, see, I thought the notes were down below you. Mm. See, uh, <laughs> it's not a critique. It just it just made me laugh. Your question, mm-hmm. I just was like, "You fucking softball." <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a bunch of other questions, but I, I it was um, a great question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you but teed I, that but, up. But I knew I knew Donna I knew Donna was gonna I knew Donna was gonna like that question. Well, and, and it gives her uh the space to answer it. Exactly. Like, and that's what I wanted to do. I'm like, I don't. I, it's just like, well, Donna, what? I don't want to put her on the spot because I didn't get a chance to send that to her and be like, well, Donna, what kind of gun policy would you advocate for? And yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Right, so right. I like Donna. So that's it, what I was hoping for. I was never going to do that. So I, I had, I mean, I had other questions, and, right. but I was like, you know, I just felt I would like in the moment and we were, we were kind of heading towards the end and I'm like, I just want to end this. Like, I want to make sure this ends on a, on a positive right. note. And, um, and Donna does so much volunteer work and is involved in so many different organizations and i just honestly i wanted her i really wanted her opinion on that one because I, I think i prefaced the question by saying it's this is more of a question for people my, viewing from people Our viewing view. but also myself <laughs> like i yeah. wanted like that's advice that i wanted yeah. so it was it was awesome i was incredibly honored to uh to have done it um mm-hmm. and be able to get on there um and i'm glad it came across well mm-hmm. I, I i prepared but i made sure i didn't over prepare like mm-hmm. i had like a kind of a skeleton out, kind of had a skeleton outline and um yeah no i um it was yeah, awesome yeah donna sent me the questions ahead of, ahead of time the night before so i had a t- i had a chance to kind of look them over but yeah no i um and i know donna listens to our listens to us so thank you donna for letting me come on i know i, I thanked you a bunch already but uh, I'm going to pull a Jeff thanking me for helping him move. And I'm just going to continue to thank you because it yeah, was, for sure. it really was a, a great experience. Um, check out elect Donna Sinclair on Facebook. Um, like her page supporter mm-hmm. or just find out more about her. Uh, even if you can't vote for her, just, just, you know, yeah. introduce yourself to new political ideas or maybe different political ideas. Follow her page. She's done a lot of these lives, um, discussions with Donna. Uh, she did one with Jake, our friend, Matt, um, and she continues to do it with people throughout the community and <clears throat> different other, I think, other public figures. So check it out. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's fun. Um, one thing you mentioned during it that I wanted to bring up is, uh, and I'm glad you brought it up, but just um, 
the compassion that Donna has Mm -hmm. for not only her students, but for other people. Um, And that comes across as a professor, but also as now a politician. Mm -hmm. You know me, we've talked about, we've talked with her after class or after when we talked, when we did the lesson on podcasting in her class, like I bust your chops for being a politician, but genuinely like it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it's, you know, it's it's good, like you said, in the in the live, like it's good to see someone that, you know, cares about making a difference or at least trying mm-hmm. run for something. Yeah. And without a doubt, we know that she cares and has shown us in ways that will have forever affected our educational career. So mm-hmm. shout out Donna Sinclair. Yeah. Thank you. She's amazing. I I am. I'm, I'm praying that she wins because yeah. she we need people like her in politics. And we may we may be able to sit down and have like a because it wasn't a debate about gun policy. No, it was like she was going to give me she gave me the space and the platform to be able to talk about it and then ask me questions about my own opinion, uh, which meant a lot to me because it it just uh, that was really awesome to to, for someone to someone of her stature to want to know my opinion. It just it, it feels so amazing um, but it, her and I could probably sit down and if we were actually going to have like a legit, like kind of debate about it, I'm sure we would probably not agree on a lot right? in, in the sphere of guns. But the fact that she let me, sp- you know, speak my opinion and just ask me questions was just, I, she cares. Yeah. I just, she cares. And yeah. we need people in regardless of differences. We need people like her in politics. Yeah. So agreed. Speaking of Washington's primary turnout highest since 1964. Really? Yep. Uh, Washington saw its highest primary turnout in more than five decades with 55% of the state's 4.6 million voters returning ballots for last week's election. Wow. 55% in a primary. Yeah. Setting the stage for a potential record breaking turnout in November. Well, yeah. That's um, interesting because if you look at some of the, if you look at some of the results, it's not just this blue wave. There is a lot of oh yeah. There's a lot of um, uh, I don't know. There's there's a big swell of right supporters. Oh yeah, too. So, oh yeah, uh, especially with the uh, the nom- like Lauren Culp winning essentially the Republican um, nomination yeah. for a governor. Yeah. Now, he'll probably lose to Inslee. He's going to get smashed. He's going to get smashed by Inslee. <laughs> thank God. Because Culp, that guy has no governmental experience. His only claim to fame is that he said he's, as a sheriff, he wasn't going to enforce I-1639, which, as we've discussed on this program, means nothing. Yeah. There was nothing for him to enforce anyway. Right. So... The, the man's a the man's a the man's a fraud. Do we should like I said that I think I said that before on that episode. Like mm-hmm. we should just claim like we're not going to do things that don't yeah. need to be claimed. If he can do it and have that be his claim to fame, maybe we can get our podcast more listeners if we just claim dumb things like that. Sure, <laughs> whatever, man. I guess like you you don't lose credibility anymore by claiming false nope. shit. So. Not at all. Um, yeah. So yeah, that guy. Uh, I just I wish that we could collectively both sides say. You know what? Um, this failed experiment of electing people who have no go- government or political experience or knowledge, 
was that was a failed experiment and we should probably not try it again yeah uh because i am so tired of people getting elected who just have no understanding of the basic structure in civics yep and function yep of how our government's supposed to work yeah oh dude uh guy trump supporter i got into a discussion with the other day was like um uh, i was asking i don't know when oregon it does oregon have primaries like washington and, and yeah. do, so i was asking if when there was and blah 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 and they, he didn't know but i was like oh well, washington just had theirs and uh I can't remember because I was saying uh, he was talking about looking at property in mm-hmm. Washington State. And I'm like, hell yeah. Greatest state in the union. Come on over. He's like, yeah, right. You guys have a stupid ass governor, too. And I was like, can you give me two policies that you disagree with on uh, Inslee? He's like, what? I was like, just give me two. One. I'll take one if you got one. No. No. Do you think do you think he's doing a good job? I'm like, look, dude, the pandemic literally started in Washington. And as the executive of the state to to now address a pandemic that started here in the United States, Mm -hmm. as far as the United States goes, I think he did a pretty fair job. I mean, for someone who's just trying to trying to adjust and change with new scientific information. I mean, well, at the same time, getting attacked by the president. Yeah. I'm like, not only just that's that's also what I said, just not even getting help from the like, not even get it. Let alone not even getting help yeah. from the federal government. That's what I told him. I was, was like, attacked by the like called out by name by the president of the United States. Yeah, I was like, not only I said, but you know, and having the federal government saying, "Hey, you're on your own." Them go and the state going, "Okay, fine, screw you," and be like, "No, but we own you." It's like so. So him managing all of that, I'd say he's done a pretty fair job. It was too. a thankless position. Yeah, and he's done as good of a job as I think we could have hoped. Yeah. that he could have done. Yeah, and that's what I said. Yeah, and. <laughs> He just checked out of the conversation immediately. Really? It's just like, well, dude, come on. Like, oh, it's frustrating. Sorry. Anyways, to get back to this. Um, well, I voted for Inslee in the primary, if anybody cares. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, he, he's going to smash. And, and regardless of, not regardless, but I mean, just like consider things. Consider the weight of 2020 so far mm-hmm. and governing through that. But then someone was like, well, would you not say the same about Donald Trump? I'm like, dude, the same guy. I go, dude, he said it would just disappear in March. It'll just magically disappear. Once the weather, once the, uh, once the weather gets warmer, it'll go away. It'll just go away. And yesterday was a, was a record high for deaths. Yeah. And they I just go, you tell me that, that that's something he should have said? Just trapping these dudes is yeah. so funny sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Secre- uh, Republican Secretary of State Kim Wyman says that she they're expecting she's expecting uh, the same numbers for November, saying that counties should be prepared for a potential turnout of up to ninety percent. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I've always said this, and I have to stick by it. You know, you just mentioned that there is no blue wave. Okay. Well, I'm not saying there isn't a blue wave. Well, there isn't like this massive like tidal wave of blue just shifting everything. Well, or blue voters. I I think there is a there is a huge increase in blue voters, but it's not so overwhelming, right? Because of the also the the relative rise of red voters, right? And I've said this on the show before. If (laughs) I would prefer Donald Trump to win the presidency with a hundred percent of eligible voters voting. Mm-hmm. That seems fair to me. I'll I'll concede to that. Okay. 
Everybody voted, and you still won. But 50% is still not good enough to me. Uh, that's just, it's not. It's not. No. Fifty <clears throat> percent. That's half of eligible voters, mm-hmm. and I know more than half are complaining about everything that's going on. So if you don't vote and you complain, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I almost didn't vote though. <laughs> think about how differently. Think how differently all of this would look and be. If we had a hundred percent voter turnout, yeah, like what are how differently our how different our society would be, potentially could be. Maybe yeah, this is, maybe it would be the same. I don't know, but maybe it would. Yeah, well, we don't know. We don't know because nobody participates. No, only half of you do. Um, and half is a record. Yeah, half is a record. That's terrible. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um. When I said I almost didn't vote, I forgot the the deadline. And you're like, yeah, I turned in my ballot today. And I looked at Jen like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know November is generally like the election time. So I think we all kind of like remember it more. Right. Primaries sure. primaries in the middle of summer are hard to keep, especially when it's mail-in, right? When yeah. You, you get it and you're like, oh, cool, my ballot. I'll fill this out at some time yes. in the future. Yes. And then you get around to the day and you're like, oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> yep. I will say November, you know, I sit down. Primary is obviously different. I'm not saying don't vote in the primary. Absolutely vote in the primary. But when November comes, I'll sit down and I'll read on everybody. And, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll spend the time to do that. As soon as I get my ballot in, it's in my mind, like, let's get it done. I got to get that done. Let's do the research, right? Yeah. Not just blindly marking blue, 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 blue. Mm-hmm. Or red, 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 whatever it may be. Yeah. Don't vote for someone just because of affiliation. I mean, come on. That's the, my question to you is, you know, regardless of 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 policy, regardless of voting history, regardless of political history, mm-hmm. you're just going to vote for somebody. That makes zero sense to me. Well, that's how we end up keep ending up with bad politicians. Yeah. You, this whole notion of draining the swamp. You're just putting it with swampy people. Yeah. You're draining it with politicians. You're draining politicians out of the swamp and filling it with swamp people. Well, and then it, it tells the person that got elected or the people who are currently in office, it doesn't matter what you do just as long as you have the right title next to your name. I mean, what kind of what kind of message is that sending to our to yeah. our elected leaders who in a republic were electing to make basically our decisions yep. for us that the only thing that really ultimately matters to us is whether they have an R or a D next to their name. Yeah. So what mandate then are they going into government to accomplish? What do you think about running? Cause you could be an absolutely shitty Republican or a shitty Democrat who's done nothing. Right. But because you come from a, because you come from a district that is primarily democratic, yeah, you're going to continue to be elected every two years or every six years if you're a senator. It just doesn't matter. Well, I, okay, so that's interesting. And I was thinking about like what? Don't watch my sand timer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't know how long that goes. It might be an hour. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I was thinking if I if I live in a district or I should run in a district where it's primarily Republican, mm-hmm. but just run as a Republican. I'll win. Yeah. 
I'll win. And then when I when it comes to time to me doing actual policy, and, and the thing is, like just, you and you and I could could construct oh a hundred such a great Republican message. Too. Yes, yes, yeah. I know, mm-hmm. I know. And and then when I get in there, just do what I think is best for my constituents, and like I'll listen to them. Great, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. I could co-opt their messaging and their agenda so easily. Maybe we should delete this. So if we actually ever intend to do it, <laughs> nope. people can't come back. Never deleting it. <laughs> Never deleting it. I mean, genuinely, we're at that stage. I get what you're saying about like, because I we've talked about, you know, career in politics or mm-hmm. or just like public service in some form or whatever. But it's 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 genuinely at that point. What that what I just said should tell listeners or tell anyone who's now trying to find this footage and challenge us, they're going to just clip that and then post that mm-hmm. as we're running for office. Yeah. Um, but here's the full context. What that should tell you is you need to do research into who you're voting for. Mm-hmm. Don't just vote for them because there's an R or a D next to name because you could easily be fooled by Jeff Lopez and Jake <laughs> Joko. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Jeff, true. Jeff the face and Jake the puppet master. That's fine. I got a face for radio. I'll do it. That's true. Um, so that's true. Thanks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my bad. So good. Face for radio. I get it now. <laughs> Anyways, so that uh, record breaking. Great. That's great to see, especially in our home state. But come on. Let's do a little better. Let's do a little better. Um, do you have anything to bring up? Uh, what do you got? Uh, other than uh, kind of going with the the primary turnout, um, Washington State has, as we've mentioned, uh, voting by mail. Mm-hmm. So today, you and CJ were in a discussion about Donald Trump. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Um, well, yeah. I mean, Trump has been undermining the validity of mail-in voting because that's a lot of states are trying to push to that so how voting works in our country is that the federal government congress sets the date of the election and then states administer the elections within their boundaries so they determine how voting occurs that is a states that is a right granted to the states by the constitution so um some states years ago went to a mail-in like washington state we've been mail we've been mail-in voting since I've been old enough to vote. So mm-hmm. 12 years. So this will be my third election. Um, the It's never been in a third like presidential election. I voted in a lot of elections, primaries and otherwise, for a long for, since I was 18. So the president has called into question the validity of mail-in voting because he thinks that there's an issue with potential fraud. Which of all the states that have voted by mail for a, for for however long, there hasn't been any, there has not been any instances or reported instances or even in like investig like investigations or just audits have not shown any concerted like effort to defraud elections through mail or just miscounting due to clerical error. Like there just is not this. Mail-in voting is safe. It's a safe way to vote, even without COVID, mm-hmm. even without the health risks, bringing oh, in the component point. of health risks. Great point. The voting by mail is a, is a safe way to vote, just in general. Safe way. You worked there for like a day. I did. Like one day, <laughs> and I quit. It is. It, it's. 
it, it, it doesn't undermine our elections. No. It doesn't man- undermine the credibility of our elections. What the president doing by calling into question the validity of our elections is undermining the process of our elections and the validity of our elections, which is incredibly dangerous because the only way dem- democracies work is if people believe that the system is working. Right. Veil, um, veil, what am I, I can't talk. Vote by mail elections in Washington state since 1983. Okay. So since 1983, was that 30-something years, 35 years? Mm-hmm, something like that. It's never been this the magnitude of the issue has never been at this high of a level, but because everyone's trying to get Trump out, mail-in voting is fraud. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> he says it's 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 going to allow it's going to create for the most corrupt election in our history uh, if we allow people. How to can vote. you make statements like that? Well, he makes statements all the time. But then Florida, because Florida is just a cesspool of COVID nineteen cases, says that said that they're probably that they are looking at vote by mail. The president wow. supports it in Florida because they have a Republican governor oh. and they have proven that they have this institutions and the process in place to make sure that mail in voting would be fair. The next day mm-hmm. says that the efforts of Nevada to switch to mail in voting aren't valid and would lead to corruption. Nevada has a Democratic governor. Are you kidding me? Nope. That's ex- that, that's exactly what he did. As he, he there's tweets talking about supporting it in Florida, saying it's going to be saying it's going to be suing, not o- not only saying it through a tweet, sued the governor of Nevada. The federal government sued the state of Nevada to stop them from instituting vote by mail processes. Then it comes out the Democrats, the Democrats on the Hill in Washington D.C. have been have been going after the president for for stopping emergency funding to the post office. Yeah, and he's saying, well, I, there's other reasons why he's trying to do it. Blah 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 blah. Well, this morning, the real reason came out. The reason that we all knew the reason why he was trying to why he wasn't sending emergency funding to the post office is because he's a he's worried that the funding going to the post office will allow the post office to be able to carry out mail-in voting efficiently efficiently because voter fraud because mail-in voting suppression it is suppression and it is fraud he is fraud he is committing fraud against our elections yeah that is i mean that is that's corrupt i I guess is if you're the person doing it is it fraud or corrupt like corruption i don't know chick whatever it's probably i guess it's corruption yeah but the that's a oh my word dude he openly said that in an interview. Like, those are his words. Like, saying, I'm not going to... F- I'm withholding funds to the post office because I don't want the post office to be able to carry out the the very essential nature of getting ballots to the appropriate place to be counted. You put that in context with this call to postpone the election in november mm-hmm. for a for a virus that he says is not an issue right repeatedly says is not an issue but it's not safe to vote so maybe we should postpone the election to sometime in the future when some i don't condition some like cloudy 
conditions are met, nobody really knows. Like, what are, I'll determine what conditions will fair allow, weather voting, dude. I will condition. I will. I will. Con- me as the president will then determine when those conditions are met and when we can resume voting. Meanwhile, I'll stay in power. That is dangerous. He meets every single one of the 14 characteristics of a dictator. Yeah. He's undermined our elections. He does not have the power to, he does not, he, he knows he does not have the power to postpone our elections. That is a, that is a power granted to Congress. Yep. But he is undermining it. He's putting it out there. He has yep. made the call. There is no way you can continue to support this president and support the Constitution of the United States because he is calling into question the very legitimacy of what gives our democracy its life. Yeah. Yeah. The man needs to go. Yeah. That is dangerous, dude. That is scary. And you know, you know what's so funny? I'm thinking the whole time you're talking about this, like, the quick and easy argument to any Trump supporter that I have is about about if any none of them that I know have has mentioned the postponing of the election, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we should postpone it because I think that the I think that deep down they some of them think it's a ridiculous idea, right? But they're they're so proud of him and he's on this pedestal to them that the simple jab is like, you guys are afraid of losing. Mm-hmm. Oh, then it's then it's like, okay, bring it on. We'll beat you in November. Like that is the mentality. It's a sport. Yeah. But how dangerous is everything you just said? It's so like we're just going to allow this. I mean, he's not doing anything wrong. Right. But I mean, uh, traditionally, legally, Mm -hmm. not traditionally, legally. I just read tradition Uh, legally. But. You cause that doubt and then what if people start jumping on board of that mm-hmm. and saying this is illegitimate we need to change this i had a scary moment yesterday yeah so 5 30 um you should cj sent this yesterday you should take okay. a look at it it's 5 30 it's 5 38 in its elections forecast they ran forty thousand mm-hmm. simulations of vote of like of voting in the united states and has determined that out of um a hundred different possibilities Biden wins in 71 of them mm-hmm. and uh, Trump wins in 29. Okay. And then they go down and then in each, like what is like, and then they have different um, devi- standard deviations. Like what is like most likely to happen? What is like Biden's best case scenario? What is Trump's best case scenario? What is the likelihood of that happening? It's, it's a full breakdown. It's, wow. it's amazing data. The, the worst case scenario for Biden and the, um, in the, I guess the, the worst case scenario for Trump, so, like, where the closest election would be between both of them okay. is a four electoral vote split. Okay. And the only difference between who wins and who loses in these two outcomes is who wins the the state of Wisconsin. Mm. I saw you say something about it. And I think that this election it just makes too much sense. Mm-hmm. Because all Trump Trump would in this of the key battlegrounds, mm-hmm. Biden would carry Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Biden would carry Michigan. Mm-hmm. He'd carry Minnesota. He would lose Florida, which is very likely, which is a high likelihood. Biden mm-hmm. Trump would carry Florida because of all the snow, all the snowbirds, and it's mm-hmm. just Florida. He wins Texas, and I know the Democrats. Democrats have like this, this 
pipe dream of like, oh, we maybe Texas can be flipped because the polls are showing a near tie. Come on. Texas is not flipping right. in a presidential election, especially not this presidential election. is not going to flip. Stop thinking that that's a possibility. <laughs> but, uh, Trump wins Arizona. Uh, Trump wins Ohio, which is likely because you've got a lot of rural coal miners. That is a still a very conservative state, regardless, even though it has you know two major um, uh, population centers in Cleveland and Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a very, very uh, red, very, very conservative state. And maybe Kamala Harris and a moderate Democrat maybe flips that back because right. um, Obama did win Ohio in twenty in two thousand eight and two thousand twelve. Right, but. Um, but all, the the one where I don't see it potentially happening is North Carolina. The the polls really skew heavy towards uh, Biden uh, right now in North Carolina, and it's a state that also Hillary Clinton won in 2016. Um, Biden would win Virginia, but really it comes down to who wins Wisconsin. Wow! And it's gonna like and that just for me, just knowing like just remembering how the last three major elect like the last three presidential elections have gone. Mm-hmm. That just makes too much sense, and I guarantee you, it's going to come down. It's going to be a close electoral college yeah. vote, even if Biden wins by seven to ten percent in the in the popular vote, because you know, like turnout on the West Coast is going to be extremely high. Like, oh Cal- yeah, he'll probably win like seventy percent of the vote in California, if not more, mm-hmm. and that's going to be a massive boost to the popular vote numbers. Yeah. But there's still only it doesn't matter what he went the margin of victor that he wins in California. He just has to win it by one vote and he gets all 55 electoral points. Yeah, it's the same thing in Wisconsin. He could Trump could win. A, that's what he I mean, That's how he won. Right. He won narrow elections in Michigan, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And that propelled him to the presidency. Yeah. You're going to tell me that I guarantee you it's going to come down to Wisconsin and it's going to be a razor thin margin four to five. I think it's four electoral votes split. Yeah. Either way. And you're going to tell me that he's going to accept that if he loses Wisconsin and loses the election. Are you going to tell me through all of this setup that he's done that not only not only he. But all of the lower court people he's put in place, mm-hmm. this whole system, this whole re, this whole in, basically he's shifted the art institutions to insulate himself. Yeah. And has spread through his meat, like through media, has yeah. spread this reality, has created this constructed reality of people who live in rural areas that don't generally leave their, their, don't generally leave, don't, and then live on the internet in their own little bubbles. Mm-hmm. This reality is reality to them. That's their world. You're going to tell me that they're going to accept the results of that election? No, I knew that. I I think regardless, they're not going to. No, but worst case scenario is that. Yeah. And all of this undermining of our elections, all of this is going to work to serve him. Yeah. That's terrifying. How do we come back? The, the, the larger question to me then is how do we reintegrate normalcy? Our, our normalcy, <laughs> but how do we reintegrate people who believe in this QAnon exp- conspiracy mm-hmm. that that truly believe that there is this deep state. Yeah. How do we form a government with those like people who are like our government is legitimate, our government is illegitimate. Yeah. How do you form a functioning government when you have representatives who are now winning elections in primarily Republican districts throughout the South 
who are peddling these conspiracy theories. Right. There's going to be a QAnon conspiracy advocate is going to win a congressional seat in South Carolina. She just won the primary, and she's going to win in November because a Democrat hasn't been elected there ever. Yeah. How do we form a government like that? Yeah. How do we? How do we? Because Trumpism isn't going to end with Trump leaving office, no. whether it's in November or four years from now. No, he set the bar and standard of what is acceptable. Yeah. I. I, I don't know. I, I. I am just. I am more scared today than I have been at any point. <laughs> I remember in 2016 we were leaving. We were in uh, European pop culture class together, mm-hmm. and you were watching the election. And you know, I didn't, I didn't really care or know, you know, which states mattered or or how it, how the results, you know, came in and what mm-hmm. that meant. But I'm sitting next to Jake Jokum, who knows all of it, and you're just like, at one point, you're sitting there and you go, "He's gonna win," and I just looked at you and I go, "What?" And you're like, he's going to win. And I'm like, shut up. And you're like, no, I'm serious. He's going to win. And I was like, oh, God. Like, I remember that moment so vividly because I wasn't watching. I was trying to pay attention in class. And you're watching the updates of everything. And for you to say so early he was going to win, I knew he was going to win. Mm -hmm. Watch the state of Virginia. Yeah. Why? That's that's going to be the bellwether. Yeah. That's going to be the indicator. The state of Virginia will tell us early how this election is going to go. If Biden wins an overwhelming election, wins Virginia overwhelmingly, mm-hmm. he will win an easy it'll be an, it'll be an easy win for him mm-hmm. throughout the country. If it's close in Virginia, whether it's a it's a marginal victory or not, mm-hmm. if it's close, Trump will probably win. Mm-hmm. Watch Virginia. Yikes! Because that's the state I was watch the state I was watching in 2016 when I when I um, when I called when I made that I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I was watching Virginia. Oh, Jesus, dude! <laughs> <laughs> well, Kamala Harris got nominated as the vice president. She did, and I think that's a good pick. You do? Yeah. Okay. Why? Uh, I think it's a good pick because she's a known commodity. I um, I think she's not going to. Um, in any way give you she's not she's obviously not a Sarah Palin-esque unknown where mm-hmm. she, at the at once because once the anytime there's a there's an announcement whether it's like or unless it's like a milk toast person like Tim Kaine um, that was Hillary Clinton's running yeah. mate like yeah. nobody even knew who he was nobody cared to know who Tim Kaine was right Kamala Harris has a lot of cachet herself yeah um, but she's a known commodity in the sense that there's not going to be anything that's going to come out that people don't already know about her. Right. So you're, you're not going to get her in front of a Barbara Walters, and then Barbara Walters asks her a question about foreign policy, and Sarah Palin can't even find Syria on a map. Like it's like you're not going to end up with that. Right. Obviously, that's an extreme case. But my the my broader point is is that she can handle herself. One in a debate yeah. with Mike Pence, oh, yeah. an incumbent's VP who knows his president's policies mm-hmm. and can articulate a, a vision even the president can't do it himself. Yeah. He can articulate what the stated 
like what what the what the administration's stated policy goals are right at least at that point in time mm-hmm. he can articulate that and i think she'll be able to stand up and because she has a prosecutor's background will be able to grill pence in a way that i don't think anybody else that biden was considering yeah. would be able to um would be able to uh, uh to be able to do right i also think she's a good pick because biden has said that he wants to give his vice president power to the same level that he was given by Obama uh, mm-hmm. when they were in office, which I think is phenomenal because one, I don't foresee him running for reelection in 2024. I think this is a one term. I think he's a one term president. Right. Uh, just because of his age, he excels in foreign policy. Mm-hmm. I liked Susan Rice as a VP pick mostly because I'm a foreign policy wonk and I would love, I would love that super team, <laughs> but we got to care about the domestic. Oh, we have to hilarious. we have to care about the domestic sphere, right? And I think Kamala, uh, yeah. I think Kamala Harris will essentially, in a lot of ways, be the uh, the domestic. She will be a huge influence mm-hmm. in shaping domestic policy. Mm-hmm. Which I think, if you look at her track record, I think that that is. I think that will translate very very well, mm-hmm. especially if Biden stays true, and I believe he will. Because I think he wants to groom Kamala Harris, Senator Harris, for a for a potential presidential run in 2024 right. to carry on the Biden-Obama legacy. Because I think that really she kind of comes from that same for sure. cloth, that right. kind of like middle-of-the-road Democrat, mm-hmm. that, that very um, institutional um, Democrat. And I, I think I like I like the pick. I like the pick both ideologically and I like it um, as a as a, and then as a strategy for the, for the because there's not much there's going to be things you can attack her on. But she's not I've un, already she's, noticed she's that. not an unknown. Yeah. And she's not uh, she's not she's not an unpolished politician. Right. She knows how to play the game. Yeah. And I think she'll be she's she'll be an effective advocate for the Biden campaign yeah so uh i was thinking about like just watching after the announcement just watching trump's twitter and just watching his can't his his people and look for a bunch of other considerations um i I don't know how much of a consideration warren is but he already has a nickname and a a a persona that he's created around her right Mm -hmm. and he does this with people nicknames like he's sleepy joe right yeah and then that's what he calls joe biden but then uh, he was calling like it was something. What was it? It was like fraudulent Harris or something that. Or, and I'm like, oh, you guys are reaching. You guys are trying mm-hmm. hard. Right. It's just lame. Yeah. Like that's that's what you got. Look, uh, as offensive as it is, calling Warren Pocahontas has stuck and people refer to her as that. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. But like fraudulent Harris or whatever the term was like. You're gonna have to try harder than that. Well, they dude. can't even. Here's here's another reason why I think it's it was a solid pick is they the the administration can't even nail down how they want to attack her. Yes, they, yes, exactly. I don't know if you've read this, but once some of the people in the campaign, uh, the Trump campaign, phony, are, phony Kamala. Well, they're calling her phony because she's because she says she's like this liberal progressive, but really she's a shill for Wall Street. Right. Well, the other people in the campaign are calling her this like leftist socialist. Yes. Well, what what is she? Yes. Absolutely. So they can't even fig- they can't even pin her down, right? Which gives the Biden camp a huge advantage. Yeah, I think so. That's the first thing I notice is I'm like, well, what is it, guys? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, usually you guys are quick and you're on it, and you can immediately 
put a slogan or a tagline with them to 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 berate them but you guys are struggling they are struggling and but there's going to be two there's going to be two major things that she's going to have to answer for mm-hmm. and it's they both came on the primary stage yeah because i don't know how many how much of the primaries you watch but biden and kamal biden and senator harris um really went at it yeah like they went at it a bunch which i th- i like i like that he chose somebody who was willing to challenge him right and has different views than him yep and then he's saying, I'm willing to listen to her and let her sh- influence policy. Yeah. I love that. I can't tell you how refreshing that is to basically have this as an indicator that we're going to get back to governance as it was meant to be. Right. By surrounding not just having a competent person as president, but having a bunch of competent people in specific policy roles influencing the policy that they are experts in on their in in their own right i i just i love it back to the back to the point i was trying to make mm-hmm. um what was i trying to make <laughs> i can't remember anyway it's a good pick uh i think susan rice will be i think susan rice will be will be secretary of state i don't know whether you're worth. talking about her being phony oh phony yeah right well we, <laughs> i remember it was the thing she's gonna have to answer for oh yes and that is uh one she said uh that in guns were like the first yeah the guns are the first in one of the biggest single issue voter issues yes in our country yes and i remember her standing and i think we even talked about this i remember her standing and the debate stage saying that she would if she were elected president this is in the primaries she would sign an executive order forcing a buyback of all assault weapons in the right, United States basically right. telling people you have to give up your assault weapons you'll get reimbursed for them but we're I'm going to sign an executive order requiring them right Biden then came back and said you can't although I agree with like trying to limit the spread of these yes. firearms, you cannot do that through executive order it has to be done through Congress. Right. She came back at him and saying, Joe, you're just not thinking broadly enough. You're just, you're, you're saying you can't. And I'm saying I can. And he's like, but you can't do it. Yeah. Okay. So she's going to have to answer for that. For sure. Two, she's going to have to answer for her differences of opinion on Medicare for all mm-hmm. because she unveiled when she was still a candidate for president, she unveiled a, a pro she unveiled her like medic her Medica for all plan, which would eliminate private insurance. And that was a huge thing when she unveiled it because mm-hmm. at the time she was kind of seen as a front runner for the democratic nomination. That was big. Now she is the vice presidential candidate of a, of the one guy on the debate stage that consistently said he is not for Medicare for all. Right. And so how do they jive? Right on that yeah. and she's gonna i think she's gonna get grilled on that saying well you know your president says this, this and, and you s- say this probably the campaign would instruct her to say yes i have my personal views but i the man i work for the person i work for says this and i'm going to do everything i can to advocate for the policy that, right. that the person whom i'm working for wants to see wants to see him carry out i it's a it's an easy answer well it gets what would it does it get bought by the general public we'll see i think i think you have a great point in 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 and hopefully we see this but kind of propping up that idea that they do view things differently and they want to approach things differently Mm -hmm. and there's beauty in that yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i think if you ride that out i think that's a good you know yeah campaign ideology like look we disagree but we're going to work together yeah as we should 
especially in contrast to the current administration who just like is a bunch of, like basically the perception of the Trump administration from everybody who's not just like full on board with the Trump train. Yeah. Sees the administration as just Trump and then a bunch of yes men lackeys. Yep. Yep. So I think it's refreshing and yeah. I think it's energizing to have one, a younger woman, mm-hmm. a woman of color and someone who's incredibly competent in her field mm-hmm. uh, to be the VP pick. Um, I think that on multiple levels, it's it's a very energizing pick, and I think it's good. I like it. I think uh, you've done justice in explaining why it's a good pick. Thank My you. point, it could have been a rubber chicken, and I would have still voted for <laughs> Biden. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, that's what I could. Yeah, I think all of us would have, too, yeah. but... I do like that he it's he put a lot of effort into this pick. I mean, yeah. He didn't he announced it midway through August, which mm-hmm. is late. Yeah. But and especially since how early he wrapped up the nomination. I mean, he had the nomination wrapped up in April. Right. And he took this long to make that choice. I I wonder how much the George Floyd incident played a role into this because I think he wanted to go with Amy Klobuchar. Mm-hmm. This is just my gut. Mm-hmm. But Klobuchar being from Minnesota. Mm. Um, with right. the George Floyd thing happening in Minneapolis, yeah. I wonder if that made her ineligible. Right. Interesting. Because the early word was that he really favored Klobuchar, mm. but that obviously didn't happen. Right. But I think I think Kamala Harris is Senator Harris is a phenomenal pick. Right. So debates will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh crap! There's something else. Nope. You have anything to talk about? Um. I. Well, I I pretty much talked mostly about um, about what I wanted to talk about, which was the the elections, and then mm-hmm. Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have counterculture. If you wanted to talk about, hell that. yeah, you have counterculture. You told me even uh, you're like I have the greatest thing to uh, you have to hear it and blah blah blah. And you wanted to tell me at dinner. I was that's what I was leading. I was like, you better have remembered. That's yeah, why I, I remember. <laughs> I remember counterculture. I just didn't know if you wanted to stay on the politics topic or not. Uh, okay, one more thing. Okay, have you seen everybody? Everybody. And I say that vaguely and generally, yeah, no. yeah, but everybody so. on Facebook talking about pedophiles and sex trafficking, it's dominated, dude. It's so stupid. It's mm-hmm. so stupid. But that's what that's what QAnon is pushing. Yes. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Like, I know that there's like this, um, like massive child, like trafficking sex ring, like. Amongst all these powerful people around the world, yes, and it—they're the same people, the same deep state that's controlling all of us. Yeah, like that's the conspiracy. It's a distraction. It's a huge distraction. Like, look, uh, and 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 this attitude, this weird attitude of people being like, "Okay, yeah, Black Lives Matter. Okay, you're supporting uh, social justice, but you don't care about the kids getting fucked." It's like, what? Like that is literally things I've read. Mm-hmm. Like, from people I know on Facebook, I'm like, what are you talking about? You can care about Black Lives Matter. You can care about the presidential election. You can also oh, care. That's what, your, that's what your Instagram post was in regards to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You can also care about trafficking and pedophiles just because. Oh, dude, it's weird. It's weird. And, and I see this and I see all these people posting this and I'm like, dude, you guys are getting duped like. Hello, mm-hmm. you're getting duped. Like you'll love this. Wake up, you're yeah. getting duped. But then, but then I have to wake, consider like, wake up. wait, what am I falling for? Like, am I just part of the game by now being annoyed by them posting about 
sex trafficking? No, because I think it's annoying because it would be... An, you, you would be falling into the game if, if this was just like a fringe group right? that was just, you know, had one storyline and we, we made it a huge thing. But this is like... It's becoming everywhere. It's everywhere. And I hate the fact that they're, they've, QAnon did not start as trying to uncover. Jake, you got to clarify what QAnon means because I don't know if many people do. Okay. I don't even know what it is because I tried QAnon is a far right conspiracy theory detailing a supposed secret plot by an alleged deep state against the president, Donald Trump, and his supporters. Yeah. And there's supposedly somebody like inside the government named, he goes by Q, mm-hmm. and he's like, releasing all of this information right out into the public like exposing the truth right and so people follow the follow this guy's word and uh q did not start as an like as a exposer of pedophilia yeah they did not this was not their message this is something they've adopted recently and it's disgusting because they're trying to add a moral of moral equivalency oh. or a moral high ground to their and so this is why this is how they That's can quash, this is how they can quash dissent I support the end of pedophilia. Therefore, it's okay that I believe in these conspiracy theories. So it it, it goes over the top of because what's more important than Black Lives Matter, keeping kids from 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 sex trafficking? Yeah, like what is more noble cause? So QAnon has this mo- now has this moral standard of being this this champion of the kids. Right. Who's going to question? Like it, it basically gives them a moral shield. Yeah. That's why this is so disgusting. Yeah. Fuck QAnon. Yeah. Like, this whole thing is disgusting. <laughs> I mean, but you see that? You see that in the history of politics and, like, uh, just anyone of power? Like, anytime somebody, like, mentions, it's for the kids, everyone's like, hell yeah, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm on board, it's for the kids, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. Nobody is not for the kids. Yeah. Everybody wants to protect children. Everyone cares about children. Unless you want to send them back to school because you're tired of them being in your house and you yeah. want free daycare. Or uh, put them in fucking cages on the border because their skin is different than yours. But their parents, that, that's their parents' fault. Oh, okay. It's their parents' fault. Same though. fucking thing. You yeah. guys don't give a shit about children. At the end of the day, no. They give a shit about children as long as they're useful tools. Yes. Yeah. Then that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. If you give a shit about children, say something about the ones in cages. Yeah. I mean, literally, how sex trafficking and putting them in cages like animals. I mean, they're both disgusting, and you're just going to champion for one? Mm-hmm. So you don't care about kids, like you said. Yeah. Only when it... Well, they they care about trafficking apparently when it's tied to a plot to take down the president. But where were you guys talking about this pedophilia ring 10 years ago? Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein's been around for how long? Yeah, exactly. If this has been some deep state conspiracy thing that's been going on for how long, where were you guys? Where has this been? Right. You don't think the FBI under how many different administrations would have tried to uncover that? Nope. They must try to end it. (laughs) They're all, they're all involved except for president Donald Trump. Yep. He's the only one who's out there fighting it. Except for the fact that he was friends with Jeffrey Epstein, but it must have been to fight against it. And wishing Jeselyn Maxwell um, just recently well. Wishing her well. Just, you were being duped. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's just, but are they just, 
How? How could you not? I mean, even come back to the whole this whole mail-in voting thing. Yeah. Like exactly. That's my first thought. Yeah. It's just, dude. Do you not see the clear contradiction? Like the contradictions are so apparent and clear. They're smacking. It, it, other than just physically slapping them in the face, there's like I don't understand how they don't see it. Yeah. I know it's, people who are who've lived in Washington and have voted in Washington their whole lives now are saying that mail-in voting is fraudulent. Yeah, but you've never thought that your vote didn't count up until now. For the last thirty-five years, you're, it's been okay. Now you're telling me that it's an issue. Why? Well, because it's a Democratic governor. We've only had Democratic governors. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What? I, I, I'm just. It, it's it's so just frustrating, Jeff. I know. I know it is. It's why is it so hard to convince people that things aren't as bad as it seems? I just don't. That's under, a great I point. just don't get it. Like I'm trying to convince them that this the system in which you live in is a good system. Yeah. Why? Why? Why is it so hard to 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 argue for the status quo? People don't think that though. People don't think it's a good system. Our system has a lot of faults. Even President, even even George Washington. Yeah. When he said like. Our, he's like the constitution's not perfect yeah but it it puts us on the road yeah to something better yeah like so we we're con- yeah we're constantly going to need to revise and update and um but i just the the foundation is good yeah i don't under i i, I don't get it you know it's freaky but just i'm just gonna say this we don't have to go down this rabbit hole but mccarthyism like that was a thing yeah it was dude the committee what was that of un-american uh what was it i can't remember what oh my word, word was, though i mean but you have people who were in congress michelle bachman who was a u.s congresswoman from minnesota was advocating for a um an american test that all elected officials must take to prove that you're that you're american house un-american activities committee that was a thing holy shit that was a thing I, so when I when I think about where we are and I think about McCarthyism and I think about the House on American activities and those and those hearings, I'm like, I mean, really? Have, has, are, is this who we are? Eventually, McCarthy was exposed and, and people saw him as a fraud. And are we going to get and there? Now he, now he became he's a footnote in history books as a kook. Yeah. And someone who used um, false information to exploit uh, fear. For his own personal gain. Yeah. And ruin the lives of thousands of people. That sounds familiar. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, we elected one president instead yeah. of just having him as a congressperson. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that eventually uh, this guy does get exposed as a fraud. Yeah. Um, I've always said, I don't know. If, yeah, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but yes, I, I hope so, too. I think so, too. There's no way he doesn't. I, I, the optimist in me want thinks that this is there's going to be a huge uh, repudiation of the president mm-hmm. uh, and his ilk, and that we're going to be able to right this ship in November. But I just, the pessimist in me just thinks it's going to be a close election. Yeah, the Lincoln. I don't know the link. I love the Lincoln Project. If you know who they are, Mm-mm. they're a group of. Uh, basically of lifelong Republicans, mm-hmm. uh, pol- ex-politicians, um, uh, Joe Scarborough, who was a South Carolina politician, who's a, who was a lifelong Republican, had been in, in the House forever. 
he's like a classic free trader, very much an establishment Republican, uh, came out and questioned the the validity of, well, at least the strategy of tariffs when Trump first instituted tariffs against the EU and China and just said, you know, I don't agree with tariffs. I don't think they're good. But that was all he said. He didn't call the president. He didn't mm-hmm. do anything. The president went after him, supported his primary challenger, Scarborough out. Scarborough lost. And, wow. And, and that's just like the, a, a good Republican lost because he spoke out, not calling the president names or doing anything, but just said, my ideology is that tariffs don't work. And that's a classic Republican line. Right. And he just stuck with his beliefs and got punished for it by this president. Because he didn't. Because he didn't fall in lockstep. Right. And stuck with his, his what he knew to be true. Which is interesting because the argument is constantly like, oh, we're not allowed to practice religion. Well, religion is a belief, right? Mm-hmm. So you are you're you're fighting for the right to believe. But if you believe in anything other than what the president has said, get out. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is very interesting. So so like the Lincoln Project is made up of guys like yeah. that. Okay. Um Kellyanne Conway's husband, George Conway, mm-hmm. is like the head of it. But oh. there's probably like there's probably like twelve or thirteen of these there's like there's about a dozen and it's growing of these uh Republicans who have worked uh throughout academia throughout um throughout public service either elected or through the civil service basically these guys are journalists and they've they started created this thing called the lincoln project and mm-hmm. they are doing the most fantastic troll job of the president and then in phony in what phony republicans mm-hmm. that i have ever seen they are doing all of biden's dirty work and they're republicans and i love them Whoa. they're fantastic they're just they're running these campaign ads and all these battleground states not only going after trump but going after the the, the senators and the congressmen who have enabled him mm-hmm. and dude it's amazing you wow. should look up the lincoln project i'm looking on the page right yeah. now Interesting. The other thing I love about what Biden has done is he's uh, he invited Kasich to speak at the convention. Yeah, Kasich being a Repu- like a moderate Republican. Mm-hmm. I I love that. I just I'm I am so encouraged. The optimist in me, but I'm trying to quell that optimism because I just I don't believe it. <laughs> like, I just don't believe it. But uh, gosh, I hope I hope that we're able to just repudiate all of this and just it can go in down as a four-year footnote in our history like mccarthyism right uh we're like oh i can't believe that happened but let's try to forget it and move on i see i'm thinking holy shit i can't believe that happened Mm -hmm. and then move on yeah because it's like i feel like it's so maybe i'm biased because we're living through it and we're like oh i can't believe that happened but looking back this tv reality star millionaire with failing businesses was elected president. I can't believe that because happened. Because he manipulated the fears of the populace. Fear. He's literally capitalizing and 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 running on splitting us further. Mm-hmm. Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. Hey kids, are you ready for counterculture? Yeah! Well, here's your host, Jake. Alrighty, well, uh, with counterculture, um, this week I had a story that I wanted to share with you all that um, I thought it's a short story, but it was incredible. I was um, I was talking to a uh, an African American couple who were looking at firearms, mm-hmm. and uh, very great great people. Uh, 
the guy had uh, guy owned guns. Mm-hmm. He was looking for a, a handgun for his uh, for his wife or girlfriend, um, and we're talking back and forth, showing him what we have very little inventory left anymore. But well, I was showing him what we had, and I was talking to him about different things, figuring out what she liked, what she was comfortable for, having a great conversation, and. Um, they were kind of undecided and they were like, well, you know, I'm thinking about this, but we don't want to spend a ton of money. And mm-hmm. this, this dude comes completely, which is one of the most annoying things you can do in any retail establishment. If you see a, like a salesperson having a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. and you're another customer, stay the fuck out. Yeah. That's weird don't that people do in, that. Don't come in because there's so much fake bravado. They and know just better. Macho-ness and just honestly just gross ego and masculinity yeah. around guns because everybody thinks that what works for them because I'm a man is going to work for everybody. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to find out what's going to work best for the individual in front of me. Right. And regardless of who they are or anything, you want to find out what's going to, what do they want? What are they going to use it for? And let's approach yeah. it that way. This dude comes out full on dude, cow, dress cowboy boots. Mm-hmm big old belt buckle that said like state rodeo champion 2013 like whatever tuck, mm-hmm. like in his shirts tucked, tucked in, in behind it tucked in tight so you can see that belt buckle is on full <laughs> display has Freshly polished. has this like trucker hat that has like the state of montana and like it says god's country on it and he comes moseying on up like comes in like situation just situation like we're social distancing but it doesn't yeah. mean nothing to him he comes in and he social distances himself he just situates himself right up next to these people mm-hmm. and goes he points at the gun that we have our top row of nine millimeters and there's this make and model called the springfield hellcat and he he goes like this and he jams his finger onto the top of the glass and display case glass and goes hellcat yo like he was hellcat yo yeah. okay <laughs> just hellcat yo hellcat yo and? Like he was like he had never interacted with a black person before, and he thought like he was trying to talk to them. <laughs> Is that how it came off? Yes, that's cringy. Like, and, he, and he like said it with like kind of like the the gangster like how a white person would envision a gangster accent, <laughs> like Hellcat, yo. <laughs> I was like, no, no, out of. For the love of everything that is good in our world, please walk away right now before you say anything else. So what would he say? He's like, he's like, <laughs> he just kept going on, man, about how great the Hellcat was. And like, she'd already looked at that gun and decided she didn't like it, but he wouldn't shut up because he owned one. But he was talking to them like they were idiots. He was just like the way he was talking down to and them. You and said like, they were gun owners, and right? Like the, the guy's a gun owner. Yeah. And like from talking to him for like 15 minutes, yeah. he, he, like I can tell instantly if a person's a gun guy or not right. just by how they hold the gun, how they talk about the gun, what they know. Like I can pick up on cues really quickly yeah. about what someone's experience level is. This guy knew what he was talking about. Yeah. This is not a, an, an inexperienced gun was owner. By, were, they, were they looking for a gun for her? Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so he, but, but the guy. That I was dealing with the the guy's gr- boyfriend or husband, um, the girl's boyfriend or husband mm-hmm. uh, said, like he was doing the right, like doing the great thing, which I love. Is like he he knows what he likes, mm-hmm. but he wasn't trying to undercut me. Right, he came in and was allowing her to ask questions. He was allowing oh, okay, her to cool. feel guns, and he wasn't trying to interject like, like he, the other guy. Like the other guy, <laughs> like for his own, like I would understand if he was trying to interject for his own girlfriend because he knows her. Right. But he was allowing me to do my job and saying like, 
and maybe if he needed to say something or whatever, like he was mm-hmm. there for to offer support or offer advice right. at the time. If but he was doing when the right arose, thing right. when it arose. This guy just coming in like, let me move over, let me ex- let me explain, let me mansplain, yeah, and then also yeah. like. I'm a white person. Like, I, I don't even know. Maybe there wasn't any racial connotation. Maybe he was just trying to be helpful. I right. don't know. But shut the fuck up. Yeah. And Hellcat, yo. Hellcat, yo. You know that's the name of this episode, right? Yeah, I figured. <laughs> it's just... I'm like, this is not happening right Hellcat, now. Hellcat, yo. And like, I want to walk away, but I can't because I was helping these people. It was just... Dude. That's that's that... Like, maybe, maybe... Like you said, maybe there is no... Uh, racial connotation but that that right there is what is often perceived as like a microaggression mm-hmm. like hellcat yo like what like just talk to me like a normal person what are you doing hellcat yo yeah you think that dude walks around going yo rodeo yo yeah no he doesn't <laughs> or like or tries to talk to you in a redneck accent right oh boy no he doesn't no he wouldn't show up to a rodeo because this is a normal person, yeah, who's comfortable in who he is, doesn't have to pretend to be somebody he's not. And this true. guy over here, he's like, he's uh, rubbing it in, showing it off. I I just he's cool, dude. He's cool, yo. Just annoying. Yeah, man. I just don't know. So annoying. What do you do? what do you do? I would just look at him like what? I I just I I rolled my eyes and I'm. I did it in a way where I think she picked, she noticed it and picked up on it. Yeah. Because I just like shut, I just like shut down. I just like, I still stood there. Right. I waited for him to finish talking and then went back to my conversation. Did he leave? Like eventually, how? eventually okay. he did. <laughs> they didn't buy the Hellcat, yo. No, they did no. not. They did not buy the, the yo. <laughs> um, I just, I'm like, this didn't happen. This just did not happen. I did not just witness this dude in full-on belt buckle and cowboy boots just try to sound gangster because he thought that that's how you relate to a black person in Portland or yeah. like in an inner city. Right. I wish I could have seen it and heard it because I feel like it's not getting its due justice no, of like how he said it. It's not <laughs> because I think most people are listening to this like, oh, I've heard better counterculture. But you have to have been there yeah. to really yeah. understand if it's 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 how this went down and what it looked like and the level of cringe mm-hmm. I can imagine is just so brutal. Like, not only are you you know better, so you're inserting yourself into this dialogue mm-hmm. of here's what I'm looking for, here's what we got. No, here's what you need to do. Like that that alone is weird. Mm-hmm. But then like. <laughs> that's how you introduce yourself into this conversation regardless of color like that's what you're gonna do hey hellcat yo <laughs> what yeah like hey guys uh oh i saw you guys i saw him kind of talking about the hellcat i actually own that uh do you guys have any questions like public? like even that is better mm-hmm. right hey yeah. i guys saw you guys looking at hellcat what do you guys think oh I, we're not really interested oh okay um, why do you have one? Yeah, I have one. I really enjoy it. You know, what? even that dialogue mm-hmm. is better. It's better as a salesperson. It's annoying, but it might yeah, be helpful to the, cu- to the help. Might be helpful to the customer, but, right? Yeah, but even as a customer, if you're a gun owner and you know your shit, it's annoying. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I know what I'm talking about. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, I actually have shot a Hellcat, and I don't like them. Yeah, we. It's weird that people do that. Mm-hmm. It's people do the weirdest shit in like. It's like uh, Jen always tells me that like 
people always feel like she's like people always feel like they can just talk to me so they always just like tell me their entire life story and problems really oh all the time people will just like be like hey my name's jeff and so yeah i don't know if you know this but for the last four years i've been dealing with infertility and like just immediately jump into shit with her because they feel like they can talk to her I guess in a way that's a compliment, but really annoying. It's so annoying. Like, why are you telling me that? Like, it's weird. I mean, it's great that people feel like 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 they, they can talk to someone, mm-hmm. right? But it's the same sense of like, let me just insert myself here because you need me. Mm-hmm. Or whatever the mentality yeah. is there. It's mostly ego. It's got to be. Yeah. I feel like it's mostly ego, but God, I, this is going to be this is going to be a little darker. I have Uh-oh. I've worked <laughs> at this gun counter for 12 years. And I've witnessed a lot of things. I have been around a lot of things that would probably make most people a little uneasy and scared. Yeah. I just mostly chalk things up just to just stupidity. I don't really think that most of the people who have brought in uh, loaded firearms, who have brought in ammo to try to see what the gun what the gun looks like loaded, have pulled ammo. What I've handed them a gun, have then pulled ammo out of their pocket and tried to load the gun because they wanted to see what the gun looked like with ammo in it. I, people are freaking dumb when yeah. it comes to firearms. A lot of them. Uh I have never been scared or even had a moment of uneasiness Mm -hmm. until yesterday. I don't know what brought it on, Mm -hmm. but we had this guy and we, because we have such a theft problem, we make people check in their backpacks when they come in the store. Right. Sometimes people get by the cashiers didn't approach. They didn't say anything to him. Cashiers didn't notice them, whatever we had. I saw this guy walking around the gun counter. Uh, He had a backpack on. So we went up and my manager, John, went up to him and approached him and said, hey, I'm going to need to check your backpack in the front. And he's like, well, I don't want to leave it up front because of what I have in it. And um, John goes, well, I mean, I can assure you, like, if it's anything valuable, like we, we it'll be behind customer service. Like nobody can get back there other than cashiers. It'll be fine. He's like, no. He's like, I, I have a I have a rifle in my backpack. The dude had taken an AR-15, and like anybody knows about AR-15s, yeah. so they're easy to, to disassemble the lower assembly from the upper assembly. Just right. two little pins, you pop them, and um, they come out. Okay. And then, so he was walking around, but essentially, all it would take is like basically loading the basically as quick as loading a magazine, pop those two pins back in. You have a functional AR. Why the fuck are you walking around Portland? It's Ill- one. It's illegal. Like is what it? he was doing was illegal. But two. Why are you walking around with an AR broken down in a backpack? In a backpack. You're trying to conceal that. Why? Yeah. You can't shoot that anywhere near here. The closest gun range doesn't allow... He didn't come in to talk about it. No. Or look at it. No. Or sell it. Mm -mm. The closest gun range around the corner doesn't allow you to shoot those. It's handgun only. Yeah. Why? Why were you carrying? Dude, that is weird. The The dudes who are walking, the idiots that walk around open carry with those things slung, at least I can see them. Yeah. And I know you're just doing that for show. Right. Why is that shit concealed? Why is that in the backpack? Yeah. That made me, that for a second gave me like shooter vibes. Yeah. That was scary. weird, man. That scared. What'd that you guys do? scared me. Uh, we took his backpack from him. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it? Well, what else are you going to do? Call it's his cops. property. What are you going to for doing what? Walking around with a busted down AR in a backpack? Yeah, I mean, I guess we could have done that. <laughs> I mean, if you're scared, that's terrifying. Yeah. Anytime Jake's, anytime you're afraid or like you see something coming, 
I instantly get afraid. <laughs> like when you were like, he's going to win. I'm like, fuck, he's going to win. Like you just know it. I trust Jake's vibes, man. Whenever you're like, oh, this is not good. I'm like, oh, shit, what? Are we going to die right now? Like instantly <laughs> on the same page. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.